The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts. Paranormal author, researcher, and speaker, Ronnie LeBlanc. And the host of The Curse of Oak Island drilling down on the History Channel, Maddie Blake. What's up, Manny? Michael Devin. Hello, Ronnie. How are you? Hello, monsters. Welcome to another <laughs> edition of Monsterland, broadcasting live somewhere just outside the scary, spooky confines of Monsterland, Massachusetts. I still haven't gotten sick of that theme song yet. That's fantastic, Mike Michael Devin, Devin. from uh, White Snake. Again, again, and if you go back, we talked about the weird connection there with the Foo Fighters. Right. And uh, Dr. Lynn mentioning Foo Fighters. We didn't know that that song that you heard in parts of the album were recorded at Dave Grohl's studio. It's a whole thing. And these things continue to happen with us as we build this, the coincidences and the uh, weirdness. Tonight's guest. <laughs> Here's how this goes. <laughs> Tonight's guest, as advertised, is uh, John Lear. And for those of you who, again, I always have to qualify, a lot of you who have found us are not into this type of thing. Those of you who are will be uh, absolutely acutely aware of who John Lear is. They call him the godfather, the father of uh, conspiracy, and um, former pilot for the CIA, um, you know, just a huge figure in this space, says that there are bases on the moon, millions and millions of citizens so we wanted to bring him on and kind of talk more about this because he's pretty controversial and um i you know you called me today a little nervous with well, having him on i actually well net well we're gonna go there we're gonna go there all right we'll go there uh <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing here's the thing with john there so let, let me explain what happens so normally we do this we do this little preamble we take the interview and depending on when the person calls, sometimes we record it live out of sequence. Correct. Um, so, but what's happened now is that John has not uh, patched through, and we did have a confirmation from him that yep. he would come on the show, but he has not patched through. And I called Ronnie um, before the show because in doing research for this interview, I watched a lot of John Lear stuff. And my only... Um, Knowledge of John was vis-a-vis UFOs and the moon stuff. Right. And his connections to um, the whole Area 51 thing. and Bob Lazar. Lazar, his friendship with Lazar. I I knew all that. I knew his nickname, you know, the the conspiracy. But I don't go there because I'm not as much of a conspiracy guy as I am into paranormal. And to me, they're two different things i think 
yeah. at least in there, my estimation. Yeah, there's there's some tie-in, but there's sure. some conspiracies that, you know, the false flag stuff like the Sandy Hook and all well, different this things. Well, this is where, kind of so I, I didn't want to get into it out of respect for John, and he's not here to defend himself, but I, I'll, I'll just be, I'll be honest. I'll come with it. I called Ronnie an hour before we got here and said, I don't want to have him on. Um, and what I was, if, and what I was if, shocked because what if it we took don't have him on? forever to get him. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, I, right? I go, don't be mad. Like, like, wouldn't it be awesome to get John Lear? Yeah, it would be great. Well, yeah, here's, exactly. here's what happened. Dickhead. <laughs> here's what happened. Okay, I, and I have an analogy to make here. Um, so I called Ronnie, first of all. I'll, I'll finish the anecdote. And I said, uh, what if we didn't have him on just asking? Yeah. And Ronnie said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You sound like my wife. You sound like my wife, like re-talking of like this. Well, he said, uh, uh, "Me not happy. <laughs> me no like. Me lift weights, drink beer, love beer." <laughs> so, uh, and and here's why, because in watching his stuff back, he gets into false flag events, Vegas, yeah, nine eleven, and I don't want to have. Anything on this podcast, and, and I'm not saying that it's not, I don't know. I don't know. I can't pretend to know sitting here outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. I'm a freaking actor, comedian, host guy who's into the paranormal. That's all, that's all my only credentials. Um, but my belief is those things really happened. Now, whether they were a cabal and run by the government, but I believe people got killed. Right, people died. And I lived, I lived, Sandy Hook happened on my birthday. Oh, wow. And I lived five minutes from Sandy Hook in Connecticut at the time. And I could not stop crying for like four days. And I refuse to have anyone on here who might say something when a parent of one of the victims would hear it. And even though it's not coming from us, I'm very reticent to get into conspiracies like that. And I want to make a line in the sand. And I think there's an important point that highlights an important point that this is a paranormal podcast, not a conspiracy podcast. And I know that might piss a lot of people off. But I have no interest in going down that false flag route. That's yeah, a no, whole because I, I think can, it's too political. I can totally respect that. Right? Yeah. Um, now, now again, the cabal might be the same that runs that that runs you. Over, I don't know. Right. And and maybe I'm off base on that. But I just when I heard him say that, I was like, oh. Uh. And it's the same thing that happened to me with flat Earth. I was mm. I was I was looking at the flat Earth stuff for fun because it's fun. Yeah. And what I was I was I was it was almost like a sociological experiment with me looking at this flat Earth stuff because I was like these guys who believe in it. They answer everything. Like they've got, and it's not just pie in the sky stuff. They've got math. They will challenge you. They will challenge the smartest guys right. with, well, how come we can't see beyond this part? And you said the math says this. Like they've got their, they've got their ducks in a row in terms of being able to defend their belief. And that's how I was watching. It was just kind of fun because hmm. you see the question. So this one documentary I watched. <laughs> And I kind of like, let me say this too, I like the spirit of the Flat Earthers because they're just, it's, it's a rebellious punk rock spirit in a way. Right. It's oh like, yeah, what? totally. So there's a globe in it's my classroom, so that's how I know, I've never seen it. Show me that it's a globe, you know what I mean? Show me that it's round. I kind of like that. So I'm watching this thing and they, f- they flash the question up on the screen and then they address the question. Por ejemplo, well, how is the sunrise and sunset? And then they answer it. Um, how come we can't see the, past the horizon? They answer mm. How come this? How come? And then like I'm everything they're just answering every question. I'm like, wow, that's food. That's really interesting. Right. What about the treaty in Antarctica? Why can't we go? They answer it. I'm like, wow, they're answering all these things. And then like 45 minutes in the documentary, 
they go, well, who's behind all this? And they cut to the guy. He's like, the Jews. The Jews. I'm like, no. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, no, 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 no. I couldn't. I was trying to shut my computer off. Like, what is happening? No. And that's how I felt watching John Lear. You know, like I was with him and I'm all into it. And then he starts talking about false flag and Vega. And I go, ah. So I mean no disrespect, but I'm, I'm. I'm looking at it as a blessing, maybe that he that he didn't get through to yeah. us, and maybe he he might call up during this interview, and I'll I'll, I'll ask him about his uh, you know conspiracy beliefs or whatever, right. um, and and have him try to defend it. But um, or no, I probably well, wouldn't. I mean at first when you when you call him, and I was kind of like, Matty, really? But thinking about it, you know, I think hey, like you said, blessing in disguise, man. Because people people really, he's considered like the man in this. Oh yeah, in, by a lot of people. Yeah. They believe what he has to say. They believe that he has intel that he's sharing and a lot of things. Um, people, you know, question, too, if he's still or somehow kind of connected with the CIA and well, that's this information and all this different stuff. He too. knows a lot of stuff now for a guy who is, you know, behind his desk and, and, and again, with all due respect, an elderly guy. And he says, he says himself, I'm not, I'm not ragging on him. He says, I haven't left my uh, bunker here in eight the lair. years. Yeah, yeah, the lair. I haven't left yeah. the lair in eight years. He talks about MJ-12, and we keep getting excited about this tic-tac-toe thing. Um, mm-hmm. He believes it's absolute crap. And he thinks it's uh, – he thinks – that's the other thing with him. Everything's a conspiracy. Yeah. Everything. So the tic-tac UFO that you and I have – and, again, you can go back and listen to old episodes of this very podcast. We are excited about it. Right. He says crap. He says if you listen to the sound, those are sound effects. Uh, you, when pilots – and Ian knows a lot about flying, our producer-director um, – he says when those masks are on, those oxygen masks and the mics are on. You know what? Let's play real quick. We've already played it before, but we're going to play. I want to play a little bit of that audio again. This is what he says is bullcrap, uh, among many things. Uh, he says the sound of the pilots uh, is fake because you don't hear ambient air sounds mm. with with those fighter when those navy fighter pilots are flying he also says it's bullcrap how they talk to each other he said i don't care what's going on navy pilots should not talk to each other like these guys talk to each other with the hey dude look at that oh my god oh my god um so he's got a lot of problems with this video mm. and he says uh that it's just simply harry reed trying giving to money to a buddy to set up set himself up for the you know for his post political career um, and that this is all just crap, and that there's going to be it, this is a fake disclosure, basically is what he says. Mm. Um, and I'm having a little trouble with the audio. Here we go. Like you could do with a helicopter, but well, it's... that's not it. Stand by, Ronnie Phil. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Tic Tac. Yeah, hold on. Here we go. We can edit some. Yeah, fucking drone, bro. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the SA. Okay, right there, that noise, he says fake. Mm. My gosh. And that talk, he says, is not. They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, thing, dude. And he says they wouldn't talk to each other about the wind, the directions are wrong, everything. He said, and the thing looks fake to him. I mean, looks I like mean these pilots are in San Diego. So True. They're, they're, yeah, bro. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, that's, that's right, bro. That's pretty accurate. And, and he hasn't flown in a while. Again, no disrespect, but maybe yeah. pilots do talk to each other like this now. That's not our LNS, though, is it? It's not. I do have an LNS, dude. Well, if there's a thing. 
By the way, we never talked about this. This this right here. Hold on. This, this line. Oh my gosh. Wait. We're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, I think, dude. That's not our LNS, though, is it? It's not. It is an LNS, dude. Well, if there's like another thing. Now it starts it's rotating. rotating. This is the line. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. Boom. Mm. We didn't talk about that. Fleet. Well, look on the ASA. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. There's a whole fleet of them. <laughs> I think that might be the other videos that might be coming. Well, and then that's another thing that John Lear says is like he says that MJ-12 has, and, and for those of you who don't know, MJ-12, according to Majestic 12. Right. Him and other sources is is a very old program. Uh, started a long time ago to look into this phenomenon. Hugely funded. Millions and millions and millions of dollars. More than $22 million. He says they have videos that blow this away. He says, why would you show a crappy fake one? His words, John Lear's words, not mine. Mm. When we've got stuff that will blow you away, they've got objects, they've got life forms. He says they've got it all. So he said, this is bullshit. This is a fake disclosure. So does he, when you watched that, the, those videos there, does he say that basically this is not going to happen? There won't be a yes. disclosure. He this, says this there will never be disclosure wow. ever, 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 ever. Hmm. Not going to happen, according to him. Interesting. He said there's just too much, and we don't know that these things are a threat. Now, it's funny. Tom DeLonge uses the same uh, words. Aerial threats, he calls them. Hmm. Unidentified aerial threats, which is very interesting. And now Trump announces Space Force. Right. Two hmm. weeks ago, a week and a half ago. So. The timing, man. I'm uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ronnie would be remiss if we didn't take a moment to thank the people that power Monsterland, make this possible. Of course, our friends at Media Boss and uh, the great, incomparable Ian Barrett our producer-director. The man. The fine folks at Pod 617, where you can find all our videos, all our uh, podcasts. For those of you who don't have iTunes, you can find us on iTunes. For those of you who don't, you can go to Pod 617. All the SoundCloud um, episodes are there. Yep. You can listen to them there. Um, and, of course, thank you to Team Squatchachusetts here right outside of Monsterland. Yeah. They are on Facebook. If you have any sort of Bigfoot questions or a sighting, contact them. Yep, great, great group of guys, and you'll be introduced to other people that have had similar experiences and encounters, and they'll also be able to help with your particular encounter and help with investigating that. And most of all, thank you to our listeners who've been with us from episode one. Thank you. And those who've just joined us tonight for the first time, go back, listen to the old episodes, and we appreciate it. Welcome to Monsterland. Um, it's going to be, I think, an abridged version of the show. Because there is no guest, and uh, our whole, you know, the case file and everything we're going to do is based on John Lear. Right. But um, I did want to share one nice thing that happened to me, because we last week's episode, uh, I loved the David Weatherly episode. Oh, awesome. And Fantastic. Again, if you've just found us because you thought you were a fan <laughs> of John Lear, and I've just <laughs> shit on him for 15 minutes, and he's not even here. Imagine how many people saw his picture, like, oh, I'll check this stupid podcast out, and there's no guest, and I just what crap the? on him for 15 minutes. Again, I, look, the guy was a uh, 
wonderful fighter pilot and amazing career. I mean, no disrespect. I'm just speaking honestly yeah, about yeah. How, what I feel about his, some of what he said. That's all. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, um, what was I going to say? Well, no, I just remembered. What? You told me to remind you about your birds. Bird that's what it was. Okay, so this is a stupid little thing, but I, last week with David Weatherly got kind of dark. I told about some of the darker elements of what's happened yeah, to me in my paranormal journey. Gosh. Well, this past weekend on Saturday night, um, I love golf. It's my little Zen place. Um, and, and so whenever I can, I try to get out there and it's where I forget everything. It's my, right. it's my fishing. Some guys fish, some guys paint, whatever it is you do. Golf is my Zen place. I usually, I oftentimes play alone. I play alone in the mornings. It's very Zen for me. It's almost like a religious, when I'm yes. out on the golf course, I don't think about anything else. And my mother, my late mother, who I've mentioned on this podcast before, who died uh, two years ago, pancreatic cancer, um, her, she was my favorite golf partner. Mm. We, we just, I just loved playing with her. We had a ball. We would sneak out all the time. She was, she was upset. You know, she was, she was an addict. She was a golf addict, as, I, as was I. That's great. So we had just beautiful Sunday nights we used to play. And so uh, Sunday night, I was, or it might have been Saturday night, but uh, I was playing by myself, and I was, you know, fifth hole, whatever, and it's a beautiful night. And I <clears throat> hit the ball and was just driving to my ball, and I wasn't even thinking about her. And a bird, like th there was, there's, bir there's little birds all over the course hmm. different times, but this little bird, <laughs> as I was driving, came like flying by, and the best way, it, it flew right across me, and then like was, uh, the best way I could describe it was like it was playing with me. It was like a dolphin following you in the water if you're oh, in a cool. boat. Yeah. It was going in and out of the cart. And when it first came by me, I went, oh, hi, Mom. I swear to God. And I wasn't thinking about her at the time. I said it out loud. I go, oh, hi, Mom. Not even thinking about what you said. I, I w well, I wasn't thinking about her either. So uh, it wasn't like I was in an emotional place. Yeah. Like, oh, my mom, which I do oftentimes out there. I was just driving to my ball kind of mindlessly. And I saw this bird for a half second. Like, I go, hi, Mom. And it just followed me, and it was following me. And birds oh. don't really do that, you know. And I know right. it's probably just a bird, but <laughs> it was just kind of dancing with me to the point where I went by my ball, like I drove by because I was just enjoying this moment. And I welled up, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I think it is my mother," you know. It was That's flying cool. next to me for a little while, and it'll go through the cart. It oh my god! It went around it. It was just following me and fluttering, and like just, totally engaged with you, hundred like, percent. Yeah. It, it was like. If it, if it wasn't my mother manifesting itself through a spirit animal, then the bird was playing with me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. was, at the very least, it was a cool thing with an animal. Wow. But isn't that funny that the second I saw that bird, I didn't go, whoa, bird. I went, hi, Mom. Yeah. And, like, where does that come from? You know? That's crazy. So I, I, I went past my ball and just kept driving because I didn't want it to end. And then finally, of course, you know, it just kind of flew off. Wow. And I was like, Whoa. Oh, that's awesome. And, and we're talking about the spirit animals. That's and, uh, why I right? want to bring that up. Yes. So in the episode... Preceding that, you talked about your spirit animal as you felt it land on you, which yeah. is the praying mantis. Yeah. And he talked about animals showing up and, and being kind of like, you know, uh, representative of right, your, either. Your totem. Yeah. Right. Totem like animal. totem animals. Yes, yeah. yes. They could be representing what you are, what what protects you, your spirit or, or somebody mm -hmm. um, or your essence or anything like that. But so I thought with all the kind of it got a little dark last week. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I th- I, when that happened to me, I, t- I again I texted Ronnie. I said, "Remind me to tell the bird story yeah. on, on the next what episode." What kind of bird was it? Do you know? I don't know. I'm, I'll find out because the pro will know. They're 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 ubiquitous on my golf course. They're little black like chickadee things. Okay. And they will <clears throat> they will flutter near you, but I've never had one like dance with me like well, that. It was following my. It'll cart. be it interesting was... to see if you have more encounters with that particular type of bird in the future. You know what I mean? If that's no, if it's different types of birds or if it's that same kind of bird. I'm just realizing this, too, as you say that. My mother loved birds. I swear to God. Huh. I'm just re- she had a bird feeder. Oh, wow. She, we had, as I know, I mentioned, I had a pet bird when I was a kid. She yep. had a bird. So she loved to watch birds out the window. She had a, So that's kind of mm. funny. I just thought of that, too. And here's a little story. I just lost a cousin, uh, my cousin Brian. Yeah, he was the best. He was only 60. Um, and he, he was on a business trip, and he he. he had a massive heart attack. Oh, I think. You know, he just passed. And um, his, one of his children gave an unbelievable speech at his funeral. And what she said was um, that when her, her grandfather, my Uncle Joe, my great Uncle Joe, um, who was the best, he was awesome, he, he, he had a, she had a thing with him that if she saw a cardinal, it would be him. Mm. And, she said, and, and she said that, this is an un- unbelievable story, actually. She said two car- she got to work one morning and two cardinals flew whoo, whoo, right by her face. And she goes, oh, I wonder who grandpa's with. Uh, you know, I wonder who yeah. grandpa's with. And she went into work and her mother was on the phone and said, daddy, daddy passed. No. Yeah. 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 Whoa. So I'm just That's remembering heavy. that now That's as I'm heavy. telling the other bird story. Yeah. So then incredible. So we want to hear stories like this yeah. from you, too. Um, and w- well, why don't we get to some Monster Man? We'll tell you how you can do that. Sounds great. Before I start crying. <laughs> I'm crying every episode now. Hey, if you want to play a drinking game while listening to Monsterland, will Maddie cry? How many times? Over under. Monsterland, sponsored by Estrogen. <laughs> how many times? Over under. How many times is Maddie well up? T- t- take the over. You are listening to the Monsterland podcast with Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. If you have dared to enter Monsterland with your iPad or iPhone, Please take a moment to enter into your Apple Podcast app and click subscribe. We appreciate you helping us spread the truth. Now let's open another Monsterland case file. I think we should still do a Monsterland case file. What do you think? I hate when you defy me. <laughs> so this one's yeah. interesting. Let's not let let's not let a lack of a guest stop our normal flow. You're right, Ronnie. All right, let's so, go. You know, you we we try to tie him into our guest and yeah. everything else. And this is about an interesting case. This is uh, case file 1953-94. Okay. If you haven't figured it out already, I try to organize them based on the year first. Uh, I and then whatever kind of significance. So this one... Totally uh, missed that until you just said Well, <clears throat> so this one's interesting. But this is um, over Otis Air Force Base. And this goes back 1953 where a uh, jet was taking off in pursuit of an unidentified flying object... So it was taken off from the base, and as it was on pursuit of this craft, this light, whatever it was, and it was a uh, funny, interesting name, a starfighter. So the name, of the name of the, the jet here. Otis Air Force Base is in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Yes. About an hour from where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and 1953, they see something. Was this reported, do you know, to them, or did they see it? Follow? So this was, I guess they picked it up on radar. This was originally in the book called Above Top Secret by Timothy Good, which came out oh, in the yeah, 80s, yeah, 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 yeah. which is a, a classic yeah. UFO book. 
And um, this one was particularly in Massachusetts and Cape Cod, so that's why I had uh, included it in my book, Monsterland. Um, but yeah, they were, I guess, as oftentimes, these type of uh, the F-94C Starfire uh, Interceptor, these were typically sent up after UFOs. And it's believed that it had classified equipment on board, whether that was the early of thermal imaging, imaging, uh, who knows what it was on here, but when it went up after this thing, everything shut off <laughs> of the of the jet, and it just seized. And so the uh, pilot, I guess, popped the canopy. There's explosions that will pop the canopy, and the radar operator is supposed to kind of, I guess, go off first, and then he would jump out. And I guess there was a gentleman that was near the base that when they were in pursuit of this jet, uh, this uh, UFO rather, um, the canopy popped off. The plane disappeared. Their plane. Their plane so disappeared. They're, they're the guy parachuted. The pilot parachuted into this guy's backyard. There was no explosion. It was a full tank of gas in the jet, and the plane disappeared along with the co-pilot, the radar operator. And so the guy, the pilot, landed into the backyard. And the guy's waiting. The the gentleman that was witnessing this in his backyard. The canopy dropped, the guy dropped, and the plane just disappeared. Now, they said, they said that uh, it must have fallen into the ocean. But they searched for weeks. They combed. They couldn't find anything. And they just uh, basically said it was malfunction in the jet. Guy died. Uh, that's it. But I go into a lot more detail into this story in the book. But it's just an interesting case, and I wanted to talk to our non-guest John Lear. <laughs> <laughs> but disappearing, but disappearing the, the 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 interplay between you know military craft and UFO, which is there's, there's a lot of stories where the UFO and the uh, airplane or a jet will interact, and the jet will disappear or the I plane know. will disappear. And what we just had you know a couple years ago with the Malaysian Airlines jet, yeah, where'd that go? A lot of theories were that there was UFO involved and. It was in the news just like last week. They've officially called it off the search, like right. last week, as we right. sit here in uh, June of 2018. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. So interesting. Cape Cod fighter jet chases a UFO. Guys eject, and and the plane disappears. Did the was this a top secret file that was released? In the Freedom of Information Act? or So, yeah, I believe that Timothy Good had uncovered this particular uh, case. Um, but what's interesting <sighs> is he talks about the radar operator could not be found, and the pilot had a difficult time convincing the owner of the property that he had parachuted into that his aircraft had crashed because the man had been sitting near the open screen window and heard nothing. And if there were a crash with a full tank of gas there'd be an explosion there would be there would be some kind of wreckage and it there'd just literally went into thin air just disappeared even in the ocean there'd be a debris field for a, for a time right anyway right yeah I mean, absolutely some sort of yeah unless it took them days to get out there to look which i'm sure it didn't it says what caused the complete and simultaneous failure of all engine and electrical systems the pilot swears that without warning the cockpit lights navigation lights instruments radio and engines simply went dead uh, some of the circumstances involved in this case were classified, and I've had to frame my story around them. So this was the original um, uh, writer. 
Um, jets of this nature were dispatched to intercept aerial objects that failed to respond uh, to radar identification. It was just on this type of mission that the aircraft vanished. Holy God. Do you know, uh, again, this might prove John Lear wrong on his, his theory that we just talked about, that these pilots don't talk to each other in a casual man manner, because I found while you were doing that audio of the pilot from that flight uh, uh, during during the time they were chasing the UFO, they have the, the audio from the cockpit. Here it oh, is. Oh, fantastic. Here it is. Don't freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've got too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to keep our composure. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's Stunning a, audio. That's groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, wow, wow, man. What a, and right on the Cape. What an incredible... Yeah. And so I go into more detail about this uh, particular case in Montslam, but um, I thought it would have been appropriate to talk uh, to John about it. But Yeah, I would love to know, yeah. you know, how many of those there are that the, the plane disappears. Yeah. And, you know, what the military did about that. Well, you think of all those Bermuda Triangle, right. you know, cases. Right. And, and, if, and again, to bring up the aforementioned Tom DeLong, it's like if these things are happening as much as he says they are, then a lot of these disappearances, <laughs> there might be more to them. Right. Unbelievable. Wow. Great, great one, Ronnie. That is a great one. 1953-94, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, right down the street, Otis Air Force Base. Let's open some mail. What do you think? Sounds good. You are listening to the Monsterland Podcast with Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. If you have questions or an experience to share, please send us your monster mail now at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Now it's time for monster mail. Ronnie, how can people send us some monster mail? They can send us an email at monsterlandreport at gmail.com or they can visit us on our Facebook, Facebook page. We want to hear from you, please, if you have comments, questions, and especially if you have a story you'd like to tell and perhaps even be on the podcast. We can read your story anonymously or you can be part of this. We want to hear your story. Um, let's dive into our Monster Mail. We had a great one this week I wanted to get to. Uh, hey, Monsterland, love the show. Thank you. Nice. Regarding the UFO you saw in Rhode Island discussed last episode, is there a place to make any comparative references to the size, speed, shape, and colors that you witnessed? And if so, did you consider comparing to similar sightings? Also, do you plan to do an episode on the works of H.P. Lovecraft and potential ties to New England paranormal tales? Thanks, Chad from Bolton, Mass. Thank you, Chad. Central wow. Mass in the house. That's Word. Cool. Bolton, Mass, a <laughs> lovely little hamlet, sleepy little town. <laughs> yeah. Um, HP, that's a great idea, actually. Rhode Island native. Right. We, he came up in a, in a previous episode in regard, I believe it was the first episode yeah, of Nick Redfern. Say. Yeah. And we mentioned in, it was in relation to Slenderman. And you can go back and listen to episode one with Nick Redfern. We talk a little bit about Slenderman, I believe, and how he was created in a contest and, um, he, you know, I believe that that was there, like a, 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 it was like always there. Right. And so does Nick. It was kind of like a trope throughout history um, and perhaps put in the creator's mind, maybe subconsciously, maybe sure. you didn't know it. Um, 
but the whole notion of that was highlighted by H.P. Lovecraft, who created a character, and then later claimed that he saw this smiling, grinning, fiendish kind of looking man. I believe he was out to dinner or something mm. after he'd created it down to the detail. So he creates this character and he's sitting at a restaurant or something and sees this character walk by him and give him the, give him the kind of evil, wow. as he described it, kind of like a knowing smile, like wink, wink, yeah, it's me, I'm here. And he, swear, he swore that, that he, the character he created showed up to him. His creation manifested. Yes. Mm. So I think that'd be that's, a great idea and yeah. uh, potential ties to New England Paranormal Tales. That's, that's a great suggestion. I love and it. Insofar as our craft, I got a few messages on that. Um, where do we stand a week later, Ronnie, with our UFO sighting? We haven't even talked. We've been so busy. You know, we haven't. Um, when I, based on that, you know, the size of a star, when I'm trying to play it back in my mind, and it seemed to be way, way, way up there. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed to be equal size to the stars that we're looking at as well. Right. And um, in comparison, again, it just, it was... It was very tough to determine how high up it was, right? But it seemed to be up there, and it was moving at such a clip that it has to be going pretty fast compared to what we've, you know, just normal plane speed, right? But. And I, I, I mentioned on an Instagram video that we were going to report that to move on because there, right. to answer Chad's question specifically, there are definitely forums with which you can report these things and look up other case files that are coming in. You, you, you actually, we follow like a Twitter feed. I forget the name of it that does like live time reports on Twitter around the world. Right. So well, you get these alerts and it'll say like sighting in Amarillo, Texas. And it describes the sighting very scientifically, you know, like a form and then right. a sighting in Argentina. And you, so if we did something like that, if we, if we, I'm sure there's a search function on things like this where you can say small starlight craft. Right. Uh, change colors on command or whatever keywords and, we could put in. Right, and we can look at within that area that maybe there are other reports around that same time that mm -hmm. saw that. Uh, but it's um, that was an interesting night and how everything kind of came together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I guess I a week later I've I've been thinking about it, and um, I think I'm I think I'm more convinced the more I thought about it that it's so anomalous that it's definitely. I mean, truly, as I said in last week's episode, like it, I saw an unidentified flying object right. by its true definition, but I was kind of hesitating to say like I saw my first UFO. But listening back to that episode and thinking about it over time, um, in a week, I, I'm I'm kind of more convinced that there was something to it. Well, look, it felt. I'll give you an example. All right, are you going to bring up the text well, last night? Well, I was going <laughs> to that, but I, but I was going to say the the feeling that we had. That's what it is when it happened. Okay, after what we had just talked about. Okay, and let's get into this. And you know the response to us talking to it. Right. You layer all that stuff. Right. It's just there's too many. And this is the type of thing that you can't quantify when you discuss these issues. You, it's very hard to account for feeling yeah. and unknowing because then it just sounds, when you're trying to talk to someone factually who maybe doesn't believe, a skeptic, or someone who's trying to suss this stuff out, and mm -hmm. you talk about feeling, or I knew, or destiny, I felt why, that's when people kind of go, uh, right. what'd the craft look like? How can you measure I, I can Exactly. Yeah. How, right. Yeah. But 
so here, here's a quick little story. Last night I was at a uh, golf tournament at a casino here in New England, the uh, you know the, the whole Foxwoods uh, Mohegan Sun area, mm-hmm. and I texted Ronnie. <laughs> I should we should take a screen grab of this text. <laughs> well, I got back to my room. And I just, I'm always looking up now, constantly. Well, I, I've done that most of my adult life, actually, since I've got back, right. and, you know, since I got into this stuff. Um, but now I'm really looking up. Oh, yeah. So I, but it's become such a habit. I wasn't even going back to my room like, oh, let's see if there's evil. I just look up. I just look up. Like Dr. Lin said, and by the way, you can check that episode out, uh, our interview with Dr. Lin Kitai. Um, she says, look up. So I'm looking up and, and I see immediately, now it's raining. Uh, it's starting to rain and I look up and it's the dark sky but just like a shadow person description in the dark sky there's a darker circle Mm. and it's just hovering like about where the moon is so there's moon dark sky no stars that I could see probably because of light pollution from the casinos right but then like a dark spot and for a minute I thought it was a you know when you see a flash bulb and it leaves a spot. I thought it was like a yeah. spot in my eye. I was like, oh, God, do I have something. You know, so I start blinking. Like, and then I look to the side, not one over there. I look back, it's still there. I go, okay. Mm. Then I'm like, is it something on the window? No, it's not something on the window. So I text, I'm trying to take pictures of it like an idiot. And it's nighttime, so it's just like <laughs> flash bouncing back. It's a picture of the, my hotel window. It's just like a bright flash. You can see, it just looks horrible. There's no way you could take a picture of it. So I was frustrated, and it's still there. And so I text Ronnie. I, it's like one in the morning. Yeah. And uh, I go, black orb. Well, hold on. Let me, I'll find it. Let's read it, Sh- shall we? Why not? Let's read the actual I, Which I saw like at five this morning. Okay, here we go. And, uh, oh, wait, it's Ian, I wonder if we can get the camera on this. Can we? Or is it too? Uh, it would be too close up, probably. Here's what I wrote first of all. Hold on. So I go, uh, uh, 1.16 a.m. <laughs> but I was fine. Okay. Okay. Here. Okay. Here we go. Um, here's a wide shot of it, and there's the. Uh, now this is the next. Ah. This is the next morning. Do you see it? I okay. See. Hold on. See that? Oh. Look at that. Okay. Oh. Right. So wouldn't you be a little like, uh? <laughs> okay. So here's what I wrote to Ronnie, at one sixteen. <laughs> There's a black orb for <laughs> it. It's too like, stop judging me. No, it doesn't say that. It's stop judging There's a black orb floating outside my hotel room window. It's too dark to take a picture of it or see what it is. Imagine a darker moon than the dark sky. If I wake up, ah, very astute of me. If I wake up in the morning and it's some sort of ball on a wire, then I know it's nothing. But if I wake up in the morning and there's nothing there, something blank. Really weird is hanging in the sky above my room. It's late. I've had a couple, but not that many. <laughs> right? It's literally what the text says. So I wake up in the morning, and again, we've seen. If you're watching this on uh, on video on our YouTube uh, channel or wherever, um, you see that kind of black spot. And when I woke up in the morning, indeed, it was a ball on a wire, wow. and the Call wire it. was super thin. Um, and, and, and the, the structure holding the wire was so far in the distance that I, you never would have seen it at night. My point in this whole cockamamie story is <laughs> I, despite sending you the text, it was a kind of a fun thing for me. Right. I, I knew in my bones that this was a ball and a wire almost. I kind of knew it and it was kind of fun. It was kind of spooky. I was like, what is that? But I never gave it a serious thought. Yeah. The thing with you, I felt it. 
And I think we both felt it. Right. Oh, yeah. And so that's why uh, that to me is an example of we looked at when the you same know. spot. Yeah. Right? That, yep. Immediately. That's there's so many different things as you play it back. Yep. And like I said, you layer that on uh-huh. and you're like, OK, OK. All right. And it was pretty, pretty awesome when we saw that thing cruising across the sky. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and we both targeted it and, and it responded, as I said, to what I was saying. Um, so, yeah, that's that's an example to me of 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 the experiencer himself or herself really is the only one that knows, you know, and, right. and, and you can describe these things all you want, but you can't, uh, uh, you know, describe what you are feeling at that time. Right. And that's why you I always try to take these things seriously when people talk about the emotions attached to them. Yeah. And, and that's where, like, belief comes in. You know, I was listening to Joe Rogan's interview with Tom DeLonge. I had been dying to listen to that, and I hadn't had a chance. You know, it's like an hour and whatever change, and I've just been, since it came out, I just have never been able to sit down and fully listen to it. I did on the drive to said golf tournament. And, um, man, it's so funny. Like, you can hear, um, you, know, you, you know, Rogan's become a skeptic. He, he wants to believe. Right. He's into this stuff. But he's playing definitely the skeptic role. You don't think it was just uh, the Cold War? You don't think it was just this? Or you think, oh, why would they tell a rock star? He's got that whole tone with DeLong. And you can hear the emotion in DeLong's voice because he knows what he knows. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you could never convince someone like, oh, and I don't mean to, I'm not besmirching Joe Rogan. He's fantastic and I get it. But you could never convince someone like that. You could tell him all the stories in the world. And, uh, all he hears is those key things, you know, um, and it's the, the, the voice in his head. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. Right. Prove it to me. Why you? Why you? Why would they tell you this? Why would they tell you this? And mm. DeLong knows what he knows. And by the way, if you go back, and I encourage you to listen to this interview now if you haven't heard it, the shit that he's talking about is starting to come out. There's a lot Even more a, coming. Absolutely. It's- and so he's being slowly justified. Right. Yeah, Just a lot like, of people are giving him shit because oh yeah, he's like oh th- this guy, a uh, rock mm-hmm. star, please, he's proven it. Yeah, like the um, we're starting to see now that some of these things that sounded so outlandish when he talks about like so for example in that episode which you know was I guess a, I think it was like October of 2017 maybe right. um, he's saying like well I'm with a team of high level uh, I can't say who they are I can't say who they are and you're sitting there and even me I'm listening to going like that sounds like bullshit right but then you see when he walked out those guys Boom. right and now we know the whole program Alessandro right you Robert know Bigelow Bigelow and boy you know what those names he couldn't name um they were real right and the programs he couldn't talk about it existed so who's laughing now in a way? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's funny too. Rogan, he, he's he's playing the skeptic, and 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 he actually got into it in an interview with Steven Tyler. He did too. They got up into the paranormal, and it's so funny. He's like, I, I want to believe, but I don't because this. I think it's all bullshit. I did the show that proves it's all bullshit. Da da da. And then and then they moments later, almost the next breath, he's trying to explain to Tyler that like, well, ghosts could be just like residual energy left behind by traumatic events. I'm like, well, that's a pretty big freaking thing. You know what I mean? Like, so don't call them ghosts then, fine, whatever. But that's incredible. You know, people are trying to figure this out. Nobody knows. And the people who say that it doesn't exist, they don't know either. They don't know it doesn't exist. They want it. That's another thing. Oh, I'm going off on a rant. This is supposed to be monster mail. (laughs) 
But that's another thing, Ronnie. It's like, you know, skeptics get to play this cool game where they say, uh, belief doesn't come into it for me. You're colored by belief. Well, guess what? Skepticism is a form of belief. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I'm scientific minded. You, you, it's like ego based a lot of times. Right. I'm scientific minded. Um, so your view then is being, being shaded by your lack of belief. You don't want it to be true just like we want it to be Correct. true. Correct. Right? Right. And it never will be because they're going to be like this. Do we have any updates, Ronald, on the monster mail from last week? The UFO local. Uh, we got yeah. a couple Facebook pings we, on that. We don't. I'm, I'm trying. I did see um, Tom's sister um, a couple days ago, um, but I'm trying to get some time with him. He's a little nervous, but I know he's working on trying to get in touch with that police officer that was involved if as well. If you didn't so. listen to last week's episode, go back during Monster Mail. We basically open a new, brand new breaking case file uh, happening right now in Monsterland or just outside of Monsterland. We called him Tom. He wants to remain anonymous for now. Not Tom DeLonge. We've moved on. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a fake Tom. <laughs> and uh, fake Tom saw uh, lights, and then him and a cop, a local cop around Monsterland, saw a craft fly right over their house silently. Right, yeah. He's seen this, these craft several times, the shape of diamonds, multiple ones almost following mm. each other. mm so um, it got to the point that he just he thought there were drones, called the cops. They showed up, and they, they saw one fly road over his house with the flashlight right, right on it. we got to so. get to that house, and we, oh will, God, uh, yeah. we will let you know as that story progresses. And please, one more time, Ronnie, how do they email us? Monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Do it. Do it now. Do it. Come on, do it. You can do yeah. it. Do it. Want to go deeper into the mystery? Get the book Monsterland, Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs by Ronnie LeBlanc. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere fine books are sold. Well, we hope you enjoyed our non-interview episode. <laughs> our phantom guest, John Lear. Uh, apologies to his fans who might have come here when they saw the, uh, the Insta Ah, but we have the proof. You have the email that he did yes. confirm. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll have him back him on. on. Yeah, we'll have him on another date. I'd be happy to have him on under those parameters that we just stick to the right more kind of you know UFO, UFO stuff. spacey sure. stuff. Yeah. Um, I did watch. I got to say before we wrap up shop here, uh, I did watch a site that he kind of mentions more than once. Mm. Um, Bruce sees all which are the moon videos, oh, yeah. this guy with the telescope, and he mm. says he's figured out a way to get through the kind of atmospheric conditions of the moon. And, and I got to say, a lot of it, um, I, I just I, I didn't see what, what, what they saying. see. But then some of it, you definitely see mm. that there is like a bridge. There are these coil structures that are perfectly rounded in perfect symmetry on either side of something. They're just like, it, it would be like a... Railings? Like yes, railings or halogen lights that are curved, like, you know, picture giant, like, curved lights. They're just, mm. they're, like, things that, shapes that don't occur in nature um, that I've ever seen. Um, so some of it is kind of compelling. Um, they almost look like underground bases or, they, you know what they look like to me? Like electrical plants. Well, that's what, Which you is know, interesting. if he's talking about millions of citizens being on the moon, they'd probably have to be... In the moon, right? Let's say on the surface, so they could be craft. They could be power stations. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me, like a power grid. Mm. It it almost looks like it almost looks like the 
you know when you were a kid and you'd open up a calculator? Yeah. And, and the guts of a calculator, how it's all laid out like that on a grid, and there's little, that's what it looks like. It looks oh, like wow. little shapes, some curved things, like, you know, it, that's what it looks like to me. Hmm. It doesn't look like houses or villages, like they kind of describe it. It looks to me, what I could believe is some sort of power grid or power source, or if it is a town, as they say, or it, it would be underground. It, like, it looks to me like you're seeing the top of something right. and that it's, it's under a layer of, of ground. Hmm. Um, but yeah, some of the images are, are compelling, but I, a lot of it I was kind of like, they're circling, like, see? And I'm like, no, I just see like a blob, <laughs> but I'm not trained either. You know, those people are probably more trained at seeing like that. So I just wanted to full disclosure say that. Uh, so that'll be fun to get into. Bruce Sees All? Yes, uh, Bruce Sees All. It's on YouTube, The Real Surface of the Moon. Um, just be careful when he starts going on a Zionist rant. <laughs> X out of it real quick. I'm just kidding. He, there's nothing on there that I saw like that. I'm just, it's a callback joke. Uh, <laughs> thank you all so much for uh, listening and sticking with us. Uh, we love the positive messages we get. Please keep yeah. them coming. And please, the only way we survive and uh, the only way we can keep doing this is if you share it. Share the episodes. Please let friends know who are into this. Tell them we exist. Even if you tell one or two people, that's how this happens. And all, so, of, all of our videos are now on YouTube. Right. They're also on Facebook. Right. So we have everything uploaded there now. So you can share those, spread them with your friends, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're all over. We're all over that. Um, we really appreciate it. If you could also, what helps us with iTunes, if you could take two seconds and rate us and even if you could write a review a very brief one positive or negative doesn't matter maybe you maybe you watch this and you are a fan of john lear and you hate what i said about him let's hear it you know that engagement is exactly what we want um because these things are are meant to be discussed that's why we're right. here it doesn't have to all be positive love fest you know what i mean let's let's yeah. have at it if you disagree let's hear let's hear from you um so again thank you our little monsters for stepping into Monsterland once again Ronnie LeBlanc, thank you. Thank you, Maddie Blake. All right. And until next time, remember, Monsterland is not just a place. It's a space right here and right here in your heart. Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. Well, who's behind all that? The Jews. 